Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Leek. Today is a special episode, a Pride episode, Happy Pride Month. I have from MTV The Challenge, Ryan, Derek, and Jax. Welcome, welcome, guys. Welcome. Hello. Thanks. Happy Pride to all of you. (laughs) Happy Pride. Happy Pride. (laughs) Run the world. Let me stop. Um, Thank you guys for all saying yes to record this special episode i felt like i needed to do this you know because you know this is our month well we we run the world 365 days but you know this is our month dedicated to us you know people that's probably not out right now that's scared to come out but you know let's get into this episode i'm going to ask y'all one by one i'm going to ask ryan first how is your mental health ryan um i'd say my mental health is probably the strongest it's been in ever in my adult life um i actually just like celebrated one year sober this past month and honestly been the best year of my life so i'm not gonna say it's been hugs and puppies (laughs) the previous decades but i would say i'm in the best mental space i've ever been in currently congratulations on the one year anniversary thank you yes yeah congrats it's incredible thanks jack um Jax how is your mental health fabulous I'm like I don't know I'm just it's good but like it can feel boring I don't know if anybody relates to that statement like everything is so good that like you wait for that like something's around the corner something's coming to get me or like something's about to fuck up but like it's great and like you just gotta sit in the fact that it is good things are good I'm safe it's okay I definitely get that. <laughs> definitely get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, how's your mental health? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, all in all, it's in a good spot. Obviously, um, since the last time I talked to you, we had a like a mental health check-in about suicide awareness during suicide awareness month uh, after my sister passed away. And it was hard then, but I mean, it, obviously, like, it's very cliche to say, but it, it, it's been getting better. It does get better. But I do have my little times when I just fucking have like a breakdown and I think it's just stuff that I always hold in and I'm one of those people that doesn't really like to show like emotion that much until it like actually hits and then it's like like it just a a, a 100% like breakdown but I think people need that sometimes um and then I was in California for the last seven months and I feel like it was kind of like harder for me to be in a good space just because I was by myself I wasn't able to have my dogs there um, even though I liked the opportunity that I was doing and working and stuff, it just wasn't good for my like health. And I was I would talk to like Ryan and my family and stuff, and it was just one of those things like I just needed like support there, you know. So I'm glad that I am back home in Arizona, and now I got to see what I'm gonna do with my life because <laughs> I've been a bum for the last month, and Ryan's been you're, a bum with me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan literally just left last night. I did. I just flew in this morning back to New York. Right. That's what's up for a meetup. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. And the next question I'm going to ask 
I'm going to start with Derek. Can you tell us your coming out story? Uh, shit, yeah. Um, so I've got, uh, I always knew I was kind of gay or something was just off. I wasn't really feeling normal growing up, but I always had to like hide it because I was from the small little farm town in New Mexico where gay isn't a thing. Um, and it didn't really help that my mom was super upset that my older brother came out when I was in fourth grade. And she was like, you better not be gay either. I can't have like two gay sons. So that was one of those things that was kind of like staring you like, you're like, fuck, like, what am I going to do? So I kind of like hid it throughout my school years, even though like it's kind of hard to hide who you are um, genuinely. And I did have like girlfriends and played sports and stuff. So that kind of helped. But I started coming out my senior year. Which I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Um, I just kind of want it to happen. And I started like talking to this guy as I had a girlfriend, which was shitty on me, but it was like one of those things that you gotta do what you gotta do to survive kind of thing. And I was basically seeing him. I wouldn't even say seeing him. I would say hooking up with him. And he was like, he was a junior and I was a senior. And he's like, yeah, like when you go to college, I'm gonna like drop out and everything and go with you. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's not what this is, buddy. You know, like we're just having fun. And we, he threatened to out me to everybody. So I said, I'm not gonna let anybody take control of that and do that to me so I started coming out to friends one by one and I didn't break up with my girlfriend I was one of those people that I'm like I'm gonna tell you we're not gonna date after we graduate because we're going to separate colleges and we're gonna be in like um different different states and stuff I was like and I'm not doing long distance so I literally kept a girlfriend but like told all my friends everybody kind of kept a secret for her which was kind of like fucked up but I eventually told her after we graduated and stuff and it was she was kind of bummed about it. She thought she turned me gay, which I kind of went with a little bit. I, I told her yes, but then I was like, I was fucking with her. But um, I kind of had this idea, like, I didn't know if I was, because I was going to be going to ASU from a small town. I was like, I don't know if I should be out or if I should still try to hide it. Like, what am I doing? Because, like, it was 2006, so it wasn't, like, a big, like, it wasn't very comfortable yet um, as a society where people accepted it and everything. And I came to college and literally out of my dorm floor, like 10 people on the floor were gay. My roommate was gay. So I'm like, ah, oh, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> but now she's here. There she is. Mm-hmm. Um, Jax, what is your coming out story? Um, I don't know. It was like, so... How do I put this into the right words? I was really young, probably too young to have like done it. But like, I think I was a freshman in high school and I had like this other guy that was in my photography class. He was a senior and he was out and, you know, he was with like the gay clique. There was like a bunch of them, you know, they would all sit at lunch and like, he was kind of just trying to get me to be like, see, look, look, this is like fun. This is how life can be. And um, so I did, I was like, no, you're right. Yeah, like, I might as well just come out. And it was horrible after that did not have like the same kind of reaction after that. So I wish I just would have waited a little bit longer, um, maybe until I was like actually out on my own because I ended up having to like move out on my own, you know, as a teenager and do all kinds of other stuff. So I just, I think it's something that should wait until you're like out. Yeah. If it's mm -hmm. safe, because like I thought it was a safe environment for me to do that, but like you never really know. So I think you got to gotta just be, I don't know. Yeah. Weary. I guess weary. I don't know. Yeah, um, I definitely get that because my coming out story was <laughs> I feel like somebody, my sister asked me when I was going to tell people and I just fell right into it and it just did not 
paying well. Yeah, everyone made it seem like it was going to be such a good thing. Like all these other people around me, friends around me, like all made it seem like such a good thing. And then like it comes to like my home life and I'm getting, you know, like attacked and things like that. And I just, it, it set me back a little bit in life because I had other ambitions I wanted to do. And then I was like, all right, well now I'm just on my own. And I have to take care of myself. And like, you're just in that survival state. So I think for most, now it, I think it's safe for most people to do it, but wait until you can take care of yourself, I think yes. is a really important piece of advice. Yes, wait till you're ready to, it's your time. Thank you for that. Um, Ryan, what is your coming out story? Well, um, I'm aging myself, but I came out in 19... <laughs> back in this back when we had invented the wheel. Um, no, I, I came out in 96. I was 15. It was like pre Ellen DeGeneres coming out. It was not necessarily like an, there's no ideal time. It, it always sucks and it's scary. But I was like very sheltered Catholic schoolboy. And then I decided ironically to transfer out of an all boys high school freshman year to a public high school so I was exposed to like different cultures different things mid 90s like I was like shell-shocked with the amount of like older people that I was surrounding myself with so I came out in 96 my mom at the time was like super evangelical so that was definitely a battle. I mean, like we're talking like VHS tapes of conversion therapy being handed to me by my mother. God bless her. I love her now, but she's come a long way. Um, and then uh, I guess the icing on the cake, I came out at 15 and then four years later, my father came out. So that was like a double whammy for my family and my mom. I mean, they were already divorced, but um it was kind of, it kind of reinforced the possibility that there's a genetic situation involved with the homosexual gene. You know, I don't know if it's nurture or nature or whatever, but uh, my mom was definitely <laughs> uh, <laughs> beside herself after my father came out because when I initially came out, he was so understanding and kind and accepting. And she was like considered the raging christian you know bible belty parent and he was like father of the year so um i'm glad i came out early it was never it was not comfortable you know it was the 90s i was lucky to have a lot of strong female people in my life that fought my battles even in middle school and elementary school i always had like i was always friends with the pretty popular girls because i was like the cute sweet you know nurturing type so I didn't have a horrible time there was a, a dude that came out that was a freshman when I was a senior and he was being like picked on in the common area and I had been out for a few years and I there was like guys that were cool with me but making fun of this poor freshman in front of me thinking that was okay and so I had to defend that guy and like pass the torch on but that was the 90s you know it was the different time yeah that's yeah thank you for that thank you for that um my next question i'm going to pass it off to jets like what are some obstacles that you had to overcome you know being out being out yeah yeah you, you know what do you mean by that i'm sorry like just being you know you know your stuff just, just being gay like you know how some stuff that we go through like me i'm gonna say 
me being out, a lot of straight guys don't want to hang out with me. Like when I like, especially church, like I try to be cool with them and I tell them about me being gay. They push away and be like, you know what? I don't agree with your lifestyle. I can't hang out with you. Like stuff like that. You know what? I've never really, I've never really noticed um, adversity. It's certainly been there, but regardless of if it's because I'm gay or any of the situation, if somebody does not like me, I immediately don't care. Yeah. So it's just, I've certainly been in, you know, situations where I've kind of had to tone it down. Actually, you know, I'll give you an example uh, today. So I'm planning my wedding and I was on an email because there's like, there's this part of my reception. It, it's, it's happening. Oh, I can't get the location away because I'm being recorded. But um, yeah, there's a part that's um, on this boat or whatever. And I was emailing the person because this is another country. I don't really know you know what the the vibe is there like if it's safe so and all of my they don't know that it's a gay wedding yet I keep saying newlyweds like I hired the photographer I was just like yeah the newlyweds need this and this and that and I just haven't said it because mm -hmm. I don't know what the reaction is going to be so that's me right. kind of like tiptoeing around it like here take my mm -hmm. money first <laughs> and then, yeah 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 and then when the faggots show up like you're gonna be good but yeah. Yeah, so those are things, you know, I do notice in day-to-day -day life where you kind of have to play it smart. And, but, yeah. Thank you for the answer. Um, Derek. Yeah. Yep. Yep, next. Um, I wouldn't say anything, like, scary to where, like, I felt, like, threatened or I've gotten, like, turned away from anything. But, like, I, like growing up and like even like just my early years of being out and stuff like um hooking up with like guys that aren't out I and mean, then it's being like if you tell anybody I'm gonna kill you or kick your ass or kind of thing so that's like those are kind of things that happen to me but it's, I've never like publicly and I I feel very lucky because not everybody gets like the like the coming out experience that I got like I feel like everybody was like oh my god so accepting and even being on my real world like I was like who am I gonna be that like, like out guy like should I come in like whatever and literally they're like we have a gay roommate oh my god so it was just like I've always just been like very lucky and fortunate that I've had a welcoming like a basically a welcoming committee to being me so yeah those I think that'd be like my only like like issues I've had with it yeah thank you um Ryan yeah um I I think I was called faggot even in kindergarten, not even knowing the ramifications of uh, of how that word would kind of permeate through me my entire life. And it always comes back to like me trying to prove myself as a man. I mean, I think that's also why I auditioned for the challenge because I've always been like naturally competitive, athletic, but not like a jock by any means, but always intimidated to partake in playing sports growing up because maybe my wrist is a little limp or like maybe I run a little funny and so I was always super self-conscious of how I was being received and like proving my masculinity and I think when I got on the challenge that was my aha fuck you you know last kid picked in gym class moment where I felt like I wanted redemption from being overlooked as a possible competitor. 
And like when you're five years old and you're called faggot in 1986, you don't know what that means. You just know it's bad and it's different. And so from very young, I was ostracized by other men, even though I always had like friends and I, I didn't make too many big waves. I was clearly... So I got to a point in my life, I guess, in my 20s and then doing the show where I let go of the image thing. Like, if I want to wear eyeliner, I'm going to fucking rock eyeliner. If I want to wear a skirt, I'm going to wear a skirt. I identify as a man, but I have fun playing with my image. And I've kind of just come to this peaceful place in my 40s where uh, I'll rock whatever I want. Like, I don't give a shit. I mean, I also live in New York City, so, like, no one gives a shit here. But, um... It's funny how, like, when I just hear the word faggot used in a really derogatory way, it still makes me feel small, even if it's not directed at me. But if it's used in a hateful way, I will have a moment of regressing to that child that's scared that he's different. So, yeah, it, it takes work and it takes a lot of grown up to do and a lot of self-care and a lot of loving yourself to to really not give a shit like what Jack said, you know, like I just kind of don't give two fucks. If you're a hater, like keep it moving. That's my motto. Ryan, you kind of made me think of something and I don't know, like for both of you, you and Derek, um, like how you were saying, like being on the show and like you want to like have that competitive edge and all that stuff. Do you ever feel like, cause I've noticed this since being on the show and you guys have both been doing this longer than I have that there is this now straight guys act a little bit nicer towards me or I notice like the conversations that I have because like oh you go do that that shit's so cool like there's like this common ground almost as if like, you do do something that's like heteronormative or I, I can't explain it but like what you said kind of made me think about that in a way it's like I've noticed some people that I normally didn't fuck with fuck with me now I don't know if it's because it's just a tv thing but I noticed specifically that it's a very, with the straight guys, they look at you a little bit differently. I mean, I can say you're welcome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the door she opened. Grandpa, grandpa <laughs> laid out the, the pink glitter carpet. No, uh, I, I agree with that. Honestly, uh, it's different now. Uh, I, it also depends on the season and the cast and like how cool the dudes are, but I don't think I was ever really looked at as like a competitor. I think I was kept around if I was kept around because, oh, save oh, no, him for I the mean, final. I mean, like people not outside people of that the show competing with. Yeah, Is, I mean, like, mean, like the outside reaction, the show? like the way the way people treat you because like they think like, oh, you're just a gay person. You're this. And then they see this other side of you. I feel like they treat you a little bit differently. Like there's like this weird oh, I see you kind of thing as not just a gay boy because you do these things. Yes, yeah. I have noticed that. That's what I mean, yeah. I have noticed, like, yes, viewers of the show have responded in a different way in the past, I would say, 10 years than they did back in the day where it was like we were just expendable, you know, like, oh, it's cute. They have a gay cast member. How cute, you know, like filling in the quota. Whereas yeah. now it's like, no, like he's actually a competitor and like, you know. And a, a cool ass dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done that too. Like I, I remember like, cause like my season was obviously like spring break and it's a bunch of college people. So it's like, this can go one way or another. Like it could be really fun or we can be like, have like drunk frat guys like fucking 
hate that you're like the one that's hosting instead of like a pretty girl like John A, you know? But I just received like love and people were like, fuck yeah, like this is cool kind of thing. Like, I can't believe you did that show. And, and they, I feel like they're kind of like, even if us, even us being gay and they're being, them being straight, they like, they can relate to us more now that we've, they've, they've seen us being like on a really cool like TV competitive show. Yeah. No, I agree. I have to say, and it's like, I haven't watched your season, Jack, although I've seen like clips and like, obviously I know who you are through Laurel, but like seeing you just own your image and like rock out the way you rock out mm-hmm. has like inspired me to do what I've always done, where I feel like I've dumbed down my personal style to like not be so fucking gay on the show, but like... I I was like very inspired by just you it's not like you made an effort to do it that's just who you are but I was like that's who you are Ryan like why the fuck are you like dumbing down your shine just to like not be too gay it's like fuck it I definitely did make sure that because like I was like I don't know if I'm ever gonna do this again you know like you don't know if like it's just this is a moment so like I'm looking at it as a moment so I'm like what would like 19 year old like me who was like just like going out in New York City and dressing, you know, the way I like just not caring what the world thought, like that's who I wanted to emulate. So it was really just me just trying to be that version of me because I was like, that's important. Well, and unfortunately, there's fucking crazy hater people out there that translate your style to like really dark things that are not even the case and that is really I don't know if you want to talk more about that but like I felt very defensive for you with like haterade coming online after your, your look on the reunion or something I was just like very infuriated so weird and it's just like I've always looked like this and I've always been into fashion I started modeling when I was young I've worked with so many cool designers I've like I grew up in like a club scene. So it was just like, this is who the fuck I am. And if you're not getting that, and it's so weird when people misunderstand me, like, cause I have a book out. I have like so much of my life is shared and public and like has been documented for so long. I'm like, how are you misinterpreting anything? Like everything's right here. Like what is there not to get? How are you going to take something that I create and say that it's something else? I don't know, but that will always happen. You could tell somebody every, and somebody will disagree with you. So that's just life. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going in on the people when they was like going, you know, judging you and stuff like that. It is a cruel world that we live in. I feel like, like, not to say I'm old, but like back in the day, you know, that social social media being so heavy as it is now, like it was a little, maybe a little easier, but now everybody has an opinion. Everybody feel like they are, (laughs) <laughs> like somebody important that they could just judge people they feel like they got they feel like they have they just because you have a twitter or instagram that you can just have an opinion on people twitter is so useless i deleted twitter <laughs> i'm free from twitter I, I had twitter for so long i got rid of that i don't keep any this is really good mental health tip i don't keep any social media on my cell phone that's so smart like, i have i still have instagram but it's on my ipad or like if I, so like when i'm out and doing <laughs> It's just, there's no way to contact me. There's no way to ruin my day. There's no way. (laughs) Social media is like at nighttime before I go to sleep or in the morning when I'm drinking coffee and that's about it. You got to limit it. 
Yeah, it's 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 a waste of time and it's addictive and I'm a, I'm guilty of it. Brian, I think we lost you. Yeah. But um don't cut out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll be back. But um this next segment, um, I just want to say if anybody out there that is struggling with any thoughts of suicide or any suicide ideation, there is a suicide prevention number. The number is 988. All you have to do is dial 988 if you are struggling or you know someone that's struggling, um, especially um, the LGBT community, um, I mean, LGBTQ community plus community. Um, growing up, you know, I there's people that was just like, you know, dying by suicide because you don't feel accepted. I have friends, um, that had like helped out with homeless shelters in Philadelphia and stuff like that. One of my friends, he died by suicide. My friend Dante Austin, he was an openly gay cop, you know, got <laughs> engaged to his fiance in front of Penn's Landing, in front of a whole crowd during gay pride. And, you know, sadly, he um, died by suicide. And um, like he was helping like sh- shelters out there, you know, like trying to put shelters together. I remember donating some pillows and just stuff to the shelter. Um, but my question for you guys, um, what can you say to someone, you know, that's out or not out, that's um, going through so much in a life, why they should be here? And I'll start with Jax. You're all you got at the end of the day. So no matter what's going on the outside, no matter what anybody is doing to you, you know, no matter what you're going through at the very present moment, you're all you got. And that's worth everything to me. Like you are this super being that has survived so much. You started like this tiny, tiny little thing and like millions of years of evolution to be here at this really bizarre time. And there's so much to witness at the time that, yeah, you gotta, you gotta just be here for yourself. Yeah, that's so true. Um, Derek. I mean, same, same with, which I just said, uh, it's it's you at the end of the day, but also just being somebody that has survived having somebody leave by suicide, just the aftermath of what what happens, um, because no matter how bad you feel about yourself, there's always people that are still in your corner and love you and support you and everything. And just like the aftermath of seeing those people have to like figure out how to survive without you is one of those things I wish I could tell people like, I mean, it's, it's very selfish of me to say it because obviously I want my little sister back. And I, and I would never be like, it's selfish of you to do this because there are things that people are going through this. So you can't say it's selfish because sometimes that's all they feel that they can do to get out of, of how they feel is just be, not being here. But just, I don't know, I wish I could just tell somebody and like actually have them understand that like their presence in this world is definitely needed and whatever they, they need let's try to find the resources for for you to like get through this you know but yeah it's a really touchy subject and it's it sucks that it's like it's affected our community so much and because that's why we're like so happy that there's a pride month and everything because we are happy that we are alive and we're we're a presence now and like our our voices are being heard even though it's being trying to be diminished and stuff like it's so beautiful to like see everybody fighting um for our, for everything that's happening you know yeah, um, definitely is, um, there's, you know, suicide is always a sensitive subject. And um, 
even though like I do this podcast, I still struggle. <laughs> you know, it's been, like recently I've been suicidal. Just texting my friends, make sure you are reaching out to someone, um, talking to someone. It's just the crazy thing about the stigma surrounding mental health that people feel like they just don't have nobody to talk to. They feel like they talk to somebody. They feel like they're going to get clowned, made fun of. Nobody's going to take them serious. They don't have nobody to talk to. So people just be kind of people. You just never know what kind of battle someone's dealing with, you know, check on people, you know, make sure you're checking in on yourself, make sure somebody's checking on you because, you know, to be there for others, you have to be there for yourself first, but make sure you just check in, check in, check in, check in. Yeah, I think it's just that reassurance to know, like, I'm not alone at this present time. I was at a funeral two weeks ago, somebody who committed suicide, a friend of mine, and it was huge. The line was out the door. They had to stop the line to start the funeral. There were so many friends there. And it's just like, if that person could have just had one ounce of that, like knowing how valued they were. And it's just, all it takes is that one person to make somebody feel like not so alone. So uh, it's kind of fresh, but it's- Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to hear about your loss, it's awful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so anybody out there struggling? Please, what? Uh, I say, if anybody out there struggling, please dial nine eight. Um, therapy, you know, that's important. Um, I was working for like, um, well, I was volunteering for this um organization called NAMI. It's like all across the world. They have free online support groups. You know, everybody loves free. I love free. You know, free online support groups, you know, it's something about being in different mental health groups that can definitely help you, you know, be around people that understand mental health problems because not everybody understands it and that's okay, you know, but just please get into community. Reach what out. is that? Is that to get like therapy? Is that a resource for Say people? Is that a resource for people to get therapy? Oh, NAMI, NAMI is a mental health organization, right? So it's just like it's like support groups. Like you go into like an in-person support group, but most of them are in-person and, and some of them are online. So you just go into uh, like, and so we'll be, on, we'll be on Zoom. It'll be group facilitators. I used to be a facilitator. So I'll lead the discussion. So we had like groups like Black Minds Matter group. We had alternatives to suicide. We had suicide laws groups. We had anxiety and depression groups. We had peer groups. We have creative mind groups. We had women's group, men's group, LGBTQ plus groups. We had all these different type of groups. You just get in the group, you know, you talk about, you check in, you know, hey, my name is Leek, my pronouns are he, him. I manage depression, anxiety, whatever you manage. And um, if you want group time, you get group time. And then you get to get feedback from the group if you want mm-hmm. it. So it's like a good free resources. A lot of people don't know that's out there. You know, NAMI is everywhere, everywhere. They have free free, free online support groups. Yeah, it's great to know. Yes. Um, Derek, you text Brian and see if you're okay? But <laughs> I am, I already did. Okay, he no. said he can't, he said they can't get back on. Okay. okay. Um, my next question is reality TV, you know, you guys been on there. How was that for y'all mental health? I'll start with Derek. Like, you know, starting from the beginning, wherever you want to start from, like from the beginning, like how did that, like, how was that for your mental health? Leek, will you send that um that link back to Ryan? He says he's not on his phone; he's on his computer, and he can't get it. Okay, uh, I put yeah. him in. I put in his um inbox. Thanks, okay. Um, hold on. Let me let me copy it and see if I can send it to him. Yeah. 
but you going let's go to Jax. Jax, you know you you've been on reality TV two times, you know. Twice, right? Jax, if I'm right, twice. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I see you've been on reality TV two times, right? If I'm yeah. correct. Okay. How was your mental health during them shows that you did? We know you did the you know you did that one show. It's it's like a spin-off of X of the Beach, but it's like X on the Peak. Is that I on, Yeah, I was on X on the Peak. Yeah. So mentally, how was doing them two shows? You know, you went from that to competing on a challenge. Um, two very different things. I don't know. Have you guys done dating shows? No. 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 So the thing with a dating show is things just start to feel really real and they produce real things from your life, but they turn it fake and it just blurs too many lines. Whereas like a competition, it's just, yeah, you have like that sense of, ooh, like it's so who's plotting behind me and things like that, who's talking about me. But it's not nearly as like annoying as the aftermath of doing a dating show. I think um, I'm not about the dating reality world. I think it's, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's not great for the individual. I don't think it's great for a consumer. I wrote um, an essay. Uh, for my site class uh, last semester about the effects of reality TV consumption and things like that. I talked big on dating shows, but it's just, it's really not good for us. <laughs> <laughs> like love is not a prize. It's not. They got a show dedicated to like LGBTQ plus. It's on Netflix. I forgot what it's called, but I know it's like Ultimatum. Is it Ultimatum? It's some show. There's just there's just something about producing people's emotions when it comes to love, and people get so vulnerable, and it just it feels very exploited, exploitive, and wrong to me. I've been in that situation. I've seen other people, friends in that situation. And for what? Like, what's the what's the return rate? Like, you're not getting that much back from it. You know, there's not a million dollars at the end of it. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But like filming the challenge, that was fun. I had a fucking blast. I thought it was a cool time. You know, takes a second to like adjust. You know, back to your real life, but that's given. But it wasn't nothing like filming a dating show. Like how weird your head feels after that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. How about you, Derek? And I sent him the I sent him the Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, I feel like my mental health has always been in a decent spot. Um, I haven't really like thought about anything like internally. Um, I hadn't really experienced any kind of like trauma. I hadn't like, I don't know. I felt like it was all a learning experience for me because literally my town that I came from was like twelve hundred people. So like going from that to coming to a college that has like 75,000 people on campus kind of thing. It was just like a very big culture shock. So then even like going into like a, like a situation where you're being recorded 24 seven was just like a different learning experience. And I know it takes its toll on a lot of people because some people just don't have a good experience. I don't, I hate, hate keep saying it, but I just have always just had really nice experiences on these shows. So it's always been one of those things where I'm like, it doesn't affect me bad. Um, except my last one where I did where I had to leave before for my little sister. But like, even after that, like I can just tell like, um, it just eats people up afterwards. Like I, anything that happens on the show, I'll be bitter for a little while. Like say if it's like conspiring to get me kicked off and people that are doing yeah I'll be bitter with them for a little bit but I'm like over it once I get home like the challenge 
stuff that happened on the challenge doesn't really matter. And I'm not holding grudges, you know? And I remember people calling me and be like, I'm so sorry we did that. Like, I hope you can forgive me, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, girl, like it's, it's, but you've been, I've been off, I've been off the show for a month already. You're like, you know, like it's, I'm already moving on. So I can see like it'll affect some people in that way to where they don't know if the friendship's still a real or if there's going to be any animosity or anything. Um, but I just don't let it affect me in that way. I try to just keep it positive and just, I've just been very fortunate to like maintain friendships off the show that aren't, aren't just based off of like politicking and being in each other's clique and stuff. It's just their genuine friendships. Mm. And it's cool because then you get to meet people that you don't really personally know, but you just, you like, you know of, like I had, I had lunch with Jack in Jackson, um, LA, you know? And that's because I knew, I was like, Who's, who lives here? <laughs> Who's in the area who wants to grab lunch? <laughs> no, it does, it does connect you with people in this mm -hmm. way. You get to interact with people that, you just may never have cross paths with, if not have, like there's this kind of community feeling. I love meeting people and I love socializing and things like that. I think yeah. that's why I like most TV environments. Yeah. yeah. It is fun. At the end of the day, it is a lot of fun. Cause like yeah. <laughs> with a bunch of people that wouldn't ever really be together without that, you know, when they put you in this house or wherever you are, like that group would never exist in the real world like they're all completely different they're all from different backgrounds they're all different personalities they're all so it's cool yep yeah that's so true um my next question and i'm gonna start with Derek. um the what do you do you what i'm saying do you think there should be more you know representation of lgbtq plus on the challenge you know i feel like you get a couple but do you think it should be way more? Oh, like um, it just depends too, because like Ryan was saying, and it's not against anybody, and it's not like you have to be like super athletic. Because a lot of this stuff, like I mean, on the the flagship, yeah, it's a little more uh, competitive and athletic wise. But like all stars and stuff, there it's a little more toned down, you know. So it's like easier for a lot of people to do. Um, I would love to have like Caitlyn back, like have some trans representation on, or I don't know if there's anybody that's like non-binary, but like it's just it just gives hope to like little kids that feel that way or are or, or they um what's it called they describe themselves in that way or identify that I was looking for identify identify that way to see somebody like that on tv you know like it's it's cool I, I was laughing at Ryan when we were here uh because I was like you know you're one of the first like gay people that I saw on tv and I was like a super fan of like the show and I was super bummed when you got kicked off Melinda on your first season or whatever and then it's like you see like all these gay people like on real world and stuff so it's like really cool because it's like wow that's not not necessarily like saying like well if they can do it I can do it kind of thing but it's just like oh they're just like me kind of thing and it's okay like they're going through these things too so it's cool seeing that so yeah obviously a lot more representation would be nice um but we just I don't know I feel like it's just one of those things where especially back in the old days it was like uh only one or two to be the tokens you know but like, Jax, Jax, was it your season that you guys had like four or five different gay guys on there? It did. It did feel like a lot. Yeah. There was, yeah. There was a lot of gay men, a lot of queer women. Yeah. So it's like it's cool. Like obviously it's changing. So if it can be like that, then yeah. Like hopefully it continues in that direction. Yes, I agree. How about you, Jax? 
Um, I hate like the topic of diversity because then it just creates conversations for them, like this quota or like, oh, do we have to get these people? Like how many gays do we need? Or like, it, it's just when you make it feel more natural and you just pull like cool people or I don't know, unless, I, I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing, you know, because nobody else has to talk about this. Nobody has to, right. has to say, like, oh, is there enough representation here? It's just like, no, like you guys are just the default. So it's hard when a lot of people just do things for the sake of diversity. Because a lot of the times in, you know, scripted and non-scripted television, the diversity stuff feels really forced because there's nobody mm-hmm. on the other side of it who really knows what it's like or what's going on. So they just throw these people in and they're like, oh, there they are. And <laughs> they're not producing it the right way. But I would love to see, you know, an all queer competitive show. I think that would be cool. Yeah. But I know that the all queer season of, um, oh, what was that show called? It like tanked the are you the one are you the one yeah yeah they were like let's do an all gay season but that was dating nobody wants to just see that so like maybe if they did like you know and like now that like drag race is on mtv and all these other shows that there's a lot of people to pull from that would be super interesting i think yeah and there's only (laughs) the challenge that like you know global tournament usa like what that really aren't any different from the real show from the main yeah yeah, there's a lot of there's a bigger pool now now with the, all the spinoffs and everything so it could be a possibility but i think that'd be cool i would love to be a part of that <laughs> yeah. yeah like i watch shows like you know like love is blind like i love that show but i would love to see like one time you know like a gay couple i would love to see that something that you know i resonate with or like when we talk about like diversity you know um, i was on out's list of uh i think how did i find somebody sent me this article like best gay showmances of all time or something like that what was it i don't know but like you're saying like you want to see like a queer couple like there's a list (laughs) so apparently there's like a (laughs) list of like the best queer couples that have been on television and my ass is on there for some reason <laughs> Add out to that list. <laughs> I think it's all out. I don't know. You gotta find it and um, send it to me. I definitely gotta see that. I didn't even know you just told me something new. Didn't even know it was a list out there. But there's a lot because when somebody sent that to me, I didn't realize so that this is my point. I didn't make my point. My point was after I looked at that, I, it just showed me wow, like there is a lot more on relativization than we really think. I think you just have to kind of find it. You know, um, I write for a website and they had me reviewing some show called For the Love of Dilts. And I don't know if any of you guys watched that, but that was actually kind of great. I know I said like, I don't like dating shows, but this was like super fun and campy and like silly. Kind of like, I love New York vibes, but gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you want to watch them like that, like I thought that was super cute. Yeah. What's it called for the love of dills? I'm not just saying that because I got paid to review it, but it was really good. <laughs> you you are so funny. <laughs> uh, I swear that was an unendorsed statement. <laughs> I definitely gotta check that out. But like I was like we were talking about diversity and stuff like that. So I don't know if you guys are I don't know if y'all watch Big Brother, right? But no. You know, no. Yeah. So 24, they got 24. 
<laughs> it's so funny how y'all said no together. I've seen one season of it, not the normal one, the celebrity one. Yeah. I watched because I saw so many clips on TikTok, like the Gemma Collins, Tiffany Pollard season. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that was that, funny. That was, that was some of the best reality television of all time. Like that, it is beyond. Like whoever did that casting, like deserves like everything good in their life because that was some of the best television I've ever seen. And I think that was overseas too. That was a good. That was yeah, yeah like Angie Bowie, Tiffany yes. Pollard, Gemma Collins, like all these British stars. It was funny. New York. I British. saw the clips of that one where she thought David was dead. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I was like, yeah. I saw this girl. No matter how you know how long she's been out, she is great TV. <laughs> she is great that's about um Tiff, yeah. She's definitely great yeah. TV. Because the way she reacted to that, I was like, this girl's crazy. <laughs> She's crazy. Oh, yeah. No, but yeah, no, I've never seen it. I kind of tried to start watching it this past season because of all the Taylor. Um what's her name? Uh Taylor from it. All the drama that was going on with her. Yeah, but I I never like I couldn't get through an episode. It was just not my thing. So let me tell you, it's hard to catch up. It's like so many episodes. Like she was on my podcast. She is the first. Black female winner in 24 seasons. Um, yep. The only reason I was talking, we talked talk about diversity, I was talking, the only reason I said like a challenge, like with more, you know, different people that are gay, you know, we all different, you know, all come from different walks of life because season 23 of Big Brother, they had the first time they had an alliance called the Cookout Alliance. It was an all black alliance and six black people got to the end it was the first black male winner that never happened in history because like i feel like these like certain shows like that it'll be one black person to one gay person and that's it and stuff like that so that's what made me ask about the diversity like do you think you know it should be more gay? well i'm pretty sure that the, the network had like vowed to make sure that there was like a 50 percent um bipoc um like it was supposed to be way more diverse and because of that now like that's why there's this has been happening, you know, like, I think they, they, like, said they were going to do this, so if, if Viacom and, like, MTV and, and Buna Murray and all that, like, created something like that, I bet you it would be more diverse in, in our community being represented. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but Big Brother is hard to watch. I, I don't blame you, Derek. I, I, tell you the truth, I go on Instagram and watch it, <laughs> but it's hard to watch. Yeah, she was on my podcast. She was bullied and everything. Teller is a beautiful girl. She was bullied, um, treated so wrong and stuff like that. They treated her so wrong, and she won the game, which is great. That's like good karma. Somebody people treat you like shit, and then you win. Oh no, I watched her speech at the very end, and then how she won America's Favorite House. I watched like clips and stuff. I just can't sit through a whole episode. It was just, I don't know, I couldn't do it. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> Listen, I start off watching it and then I'll be like, yeah, this I'll just go on, you know, to, um, Instagram spoils everything for sure. So I just go on Instagram. Oh, this person left, this person left, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question for you, right? Before we get into our game at the end. Um, somebody's out there struggling, right, with their mental health, right? What can you tell them why it's important that they put their mental health first? You know, a lot of us, we put others before ourselves you know we got to make sure everybody else is cool but can you tell somebody why it's important that they put their mental health first i'll start with ryan i mean jets then we go to Derek. 
Why is it important? Because self-regulating is how you get through the day. You know, if you're depressed, you're in the past, you're anxious in the future or whatever, you just take those small steps to have, you know, the best day that you possibly can. It doesn't mean you're gonna have an amazing day, but you know, yeah. Limit your alcohol use, limit your technology use, you know, exercise. These things do work. And mm -hmm. get outside, spend time with your family. I mean, there's so many people out there and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I would just say like, I mean, and it's so hard to say it coming from somebody who doesn't really like, feel like they have a lot going on um, negatively in my mental health, but like just to, just to not be afraid to, to talk about it. I think that's what the bad thing is. People are still so afraid to talk about it or embarrassed to talk about it. And it's like one of those things, like we, it's really, really affecting the, like the global population, like how bad mental health is, is everywhere and if we just started talking about it and actually bringing it forward like it wouldn't be something that we're embarrassed of it'd be like an everyday thing like i feel yeah. like we should we should be happy that we can get therapy and talk about it and everything i feel like that needs to be like in forefront it's like it's so crazy how backwards that is you would think people would just i don't know it's crazy to me that it's it's still so like a stigma yeah <clears throat> i mean especially <clears throat> stigma Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck the stigma. Fuck yeah. the stigma. Especially because a lot of the issues are really relatable amongst people. Most people don't feel well as a symptom of American capitalism at the end of the day. Like these, it, it's a sickness that's because of the environment that we live in. You know, the, the environment is toxic. Like, there's nothing wrong with you for feeling the way that you feel. You're in a weird environment. So mm -hmm. you gotta really take care of yourself to feel good in a weird place. That yeah. A, and it, <laughs> that's, 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 that's truth, that's truth. And it's crazy because like I have educated myself a lot, you know, being, you know, gay man. It's like, I remember when I first, you know, I always tell my story, I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins. But I think when I first came out, I just was so like, I came out because I had a boyfriend. That's the only reason I came out. My sister was like, when are you going to tell mommy? And I probably was like, oh, I don't care. But I really did care. Then it just spread it like wildfire. I was called a faggot by my brother, my dad. You know, he has another gay son. He was like, you know, I don't like, you know, faggots and stuff like that. So it was just like crazy, like how that happened. And like for a long time, like I probably was like a little judgmental against other gays and stuff like that. You know, like I would never hang out with somebody that was flamboyant or, you know, just other, just other people but i had to like you know i used to use the faggot word in a hateful term that one of my friends had to sit me down like leak that's hurtful you can't do that you know and then i started meeting people and just to get to know them for them you know whether you was flamboyant or whatever i just got to know them I'm like damn they cool this whole time i think i was just so angry so what happened to me i was taking out on people but now you know like if i like was hanging with any of y'all, you, Ryan, Derek, or Jax, like if somebody got smart with you, I'm checking them, you know? They call you out of their name, I'm gonna have to check them. Like back in the day, I probably wouldn't have did that and stuff like that, but now, you know, I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot, yeah. Well, shout out to my friend, one of my friends, Robbie. He taught me a lot, stuff like that. Cause yeah, I had, I didn't want to hang out with people in the community at all, especially in Philly. Community is crazy. Jax, you probably know about it. Community is Philly crazy. community. 
pride that I missed. I like missed pride. I was busy studying. I had a analytical trig exam like the next day. So, Derek, you said his phone died. Yeah, he says, I literally can't turn my phone on. I think it just totally died. And I said, Oh, and he goes, Is it done? I can't turn my phone on. And I was like, No, we're still on. I'm, I'm about to play the game and I really want him to be a part of this. Y'all said y'all want to play Fuck Mary Kill. We're going to play it. So, no particular order. I'm going to say some names, right? You guys okay. tell me, Fuck Mary or Kill. You know, let's have some fun, you know? When I, <laughs> yeah. when I did this last time, I felt like I felt like a bore doing this. I <laughs> so bad. <laughs> really, really bad. But I'm going to say one name, okay? CT, everybody's favorite. Mm. This is just a Fuck. game. <laughs> yes. My friend Paige that has the most likely podcast. She always has CT Tuesdays, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, next person, Jordan. Um. Probably does hook up. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what he'd be like to marry, but he's not like somebody that I don't get along with. I like him, so I'll be like, yeah, marry him. I don't know about fuck Jordan, so I guess I would have to kill him. Like I think by default. <laughs> well, you can be asked the most sisters with your partner. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, Wes. Kill. <laughs> that was so quick, Derek. <laughs> Not that, like in unison. That was funny. Yeah. Um. Devin. Kill. Did y'all both say it at the same time? Three about what? Did y'all both say it at the same time, or I'm tripping? I said fuck. Oh, yeah, he know. said fuck. I said kill. Yeah. Okay. Um, then kill. Can I do both? Like, <laughs> fuck I want to kill because I'm so curious, but then, like, oh, no one can know. <laughs> Johnny Bananas. Oh, kill. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I understand. Um, Brad, I'm going to say I will. Oh, I would marry Brad. What? All up above except two. I don't know who Brad yeah. is. Yeah. He's old school. I did my first one of my first challenges with him. He's just and he was married at the time. I just know he's good. He's a good marriage material. So that's why I'm saying Mary. What about Corey Wharton? I think y'all both know who that is. I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> um he seems like a good family man, so I would say Mary. He's all about his kids and stuff. When he's definitely, he's got the the swimmers that that pro, uh, procreate. So I'm like, he definitely would have a family. I'm, like, I'm a Latina, so I have childbearing hips, so I know I'd have lots of babies. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jackson, said you don't know who that is. Oh, who's that? Corey Wharton. Was he? He was. He's on. He's on. Well, he's on Teen Mom now too, and he has the three really pretty girls oh, um, okay. writer. Oh, no, Mary. I'm not married to kids, so I guess fuck or the other one. I, I still don't know who this man. 
Paulie Calafori, I'm gonna say fuck. Kel. Huh? Kel. Okay. I I'd say fuck. Uh, okay, okay. What about everybody knows Derek from you know Challenge Mania, Derek? Mm, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that- I'm just super close. I'm super like close with him. Feels like a little. I uh, feels like a brother kind of thing. So I would maybe just kill him just because I couldn't do either of the other two. Um, do any of you guys know who Horatio is? Yeah, it's Horacio. So, hold on, Horacio. Horacio, yes, that mother. Horacio. Horacio. I don't know what's his nationality, but he's fine as hell. <laughs> they said his name wrong all the time, and like wouldn't. <laughs> he was in my podcast. He's so fine. <laughs> Who said it wrong? TJ. I, I, of I course, he always he would say Ayana's name wrong too. <laughs> it's like how hard is it? It's Horacio. Yeah. Um, I think somebody else. I don't think nobody knows. Uh, do y'all know who Chauncey is? Who? Chauncey. Uh, Chauncey is like one of my best friends. Right. Oh, yes, he definitely is your best friend. My bad. That's a close. <laughs> Not. Yeah. As Amber's man, I, I think I guess I tell him because I can't do anything else. Love Amber, mm-hmm. cool people. Um, this person wasn't on like a challenge, challenge, but he was on a challenge. All, what was the um, pros versus stars? Romeo Miller. I would kill Romeo Miller. Is that is that masterpiece then? Yeah, yeah. He was the host. He was of that. The- each the season that I was oh on. yeah no I would kill him oh, <laughs> okay I was wondering why you said kill Jax but I forgot he was the host okay I'm gonna say Romeo is fine he's okay yeah like, I, I would say short. like I, I don't know like in like it's like one thing but like he wears like uh, I don't know I'm not gonna dog somebody like that Mark Long I know y'all all know who Mark Long is I say that old the guy he's an older guy but he is fine He's huge in person too. Um, I would say I'd marry Mark Long. Mark Long would be a good retiree. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Um, Josh, do you know who Josh, Josh, Josh is? Josh? No. Josh Mooney, the British guy. Yes. I don't know who he is personally, but he is fine. I would fucking marry him. <laughs> oh, the 12 level. What about Rogan? I know y'all know who Rogan is, right? Um, same with same as Josh. They're just a little, I mean, they're very meat heady, but they're they're hot. So I like Rogan, but you know, <laughs> I don't like the gay beating, but it works. But hey, it works. And I think that is all because I, I don't want to say some names. I forgot. Uh, what about Hunter? Hunter is fine. I don't know nah. who y'all know Hunter is. He Who's is, Hunter? That's Corey and I'm friend. Oh, you probably. See, I didn't know who Corey was. So, uh, wait, I do know who Hunter is. That's um. He's the one that Ashley stole the money from. Yeah. 
guess. I don't know. He called uh, Ash but so kill him. Yeah, I would say kill too. <laughs> what about Darrell? That motherfucker is. Darrell's like Darrell's that's, cool. that's material. Huh? That's husband material. Yeah, I would marry Darrell. Yeah. He got his own gym and everything. Just sit at home, drink wine, and just live the life. He's funny as hell, too. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. like, funny. Um, two more. Um, Chet. I think do y'all who? Know Chet. You know who Chet is, right? Do y'all know who that is? Chet. Trent. Chet. Chet. Keenan. The one. You know the little. The dork, I call him a dork boy. I have no idea who that man is. Oh, it's okay. Okay, and one more. Um, do you guys know? Oh. One of my favorites. I think he's a cool person. Um, Alton Williams. Oh, Jack, you might not know Alton. Alton is sexy. I would, I would have sex with Alton. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what that man is. <laughs> I just see you, some of these people, Jax. As Kiki Palmer once says, sorry to that man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to see you, these people. I didn't want to do like, like people that y'all, like, you know, have a, your video was do you have pictures like is, is there photos or do you just have these written down oh no i'm just on the challenge fandom page or all challenge men that's right uh, <laughs> i thought you had like pictures printed out in front of you or something oh i should have i should have did that i should have did that and i don't want to say certain names because some people i'm cool with i was gonna say brandon Nelson, but that's my bro right there i don't know if you know who brandon is Jax. i know Derek. you know who Derek. i, I know you know who he is oh i should say marlon marlon <laughs> oh no, I was gonna be a shady Derek. I, I, I was not be a shady Derek. Well, that's not even just to me either, that's to him too. <laughs> oh you. shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Oh shit. You know what? Scratch that name, my baby. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even well, Derek, you keep up more than I do. <laughs> you know that. Anticlimatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is all the names I have. And I just want to thank you guys for <laughs> coming on and just... Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me again. I know our, our original one got deleted, so... Instagram was hating for that, Derek. They was hating because it was... Like, Jax, I started this show, like, doing Instagram Lives, which I think is recording is way better. But um, they deleted it. I don't know why. They Instagram deleted that video. And I took all my videos from Instagram. I put it on the podcast. I was so mad. Yeah. That was a good episode. Even though, like, you was getting a construction done, it was a great episode. You was like, "Oh, I forgot that was happening." I was having construction done at my apartment. Yes, I want to say thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, thank you.